from Infinite Guest, this is Top Score, a conversation with composers who write music for video games. I'm Emily Reese. Composer Billy Martin has scored dozens of games, and he has this knack for writing music that makes you smile. I talked with Billy about two of his newest projects, the smile-inducing music for Disney's Planes, Fire and Rescue, and a mobile game that's not exactly designed to make you grin from ear to ear. Tell me about Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Well, it was a fun project. It's uh, it's based on the movie, and so there's a pretty clear template as to what kind of music they wanted. And, and it was fun music for me. It was orchestral in nature. There wasn't a budget for live musicians, so it was all you know recorded by me myself uh, using samples. But that's, you know, that's an interesting challenge in itself and one that that I enjoy doing the best that you can with what you have to work with. You mentioned that they had a really clear idea of the kind of music they wanted. Can you be a little more specific? From two standpoints, the first movie was already out. And so this is a sequel, Planes 2. We had the, the soundtrack from the first movie as a reference, but then... Even though the movie had not been released, the uh, soundtrack had already been recorded or or mostly recorded while we were working. So I was able to hear that as a reference as well. Because they wanted continuity between the music in the movie and what I wrote. So what did you take away from the soundtrack that you heard? As in takeaway, as in what were your impressions and what did you decide to try and use as continuity between the two? It was a very traditional orchestral adventure score virtually no synthy kind of elements at all. It was just an orchestra playing, which is fun. Very little use of percussion, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I think my own take on that was that was a good way to not get in the way of the sound effects. Uh, so it was very much focused on on melody and, and the wind instruments and the strings. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, there was electric bass, though, throughout the score which I think helped propel it along a little better than if it had just been the contrabasses by themselves. Listen to the music that you wrote for Fire and Rescue. There's a, a specific sound that music has when it's describing flying, and and this music you wrote has those qualities. They're almost hard for me to even put a finger on, but I can hear the music and think this is perfect for flying. Is that something you can elaborate more on? It, like you said, it's hard to put into words. I know that. Everyone I've played it for has exactly that reaction. Even if they don't know what it is, they think that it's flying music. Uh, that's remarkable, has, by the way. That's, that's skill. Well, thanks. It has to do, I think, with a certain lightness that is in the score. 
it's hard for me to be more specific than that. There's always some kind of rhythmic propulsion going on. And, yeah. and like I said, there's hardly any percussion in the score, too. So that, that propulsion comes from um, the woodwinds playing little lines or, or the strings playing little repetitive figures. And that helps move it along and give it motion. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first track that, because you've got the soundtrack up on SoundCloud, that first track might have a like a 6-8 feel, which is kind of like if you were to describe that to someone who doesn't understand 6-8. It's kind of waltzy, but not really waltzy. And, and I think that might have lent some of that flight quality to it as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think several of the tracks have uh, some kind of a triple meter. And I think that does give it kind of a, a waltz or a dance feel that gives it that lightness that it needs. So when you are starting from scratch, I mean, even though they gave you some direction on what the music was going to be like, you still start with a blank page, right? So... How do you get inspired? What kinds of things help you to be creative in that moment? I try to get as much reference material as possible. Such as? Such as either game capture or, or I actually went over to the developer studio and um, watched some other people play the game that was in progress. It was, it was at a point where it was uh, kind of in beta, but playable. Mm-hmm. And that really helps you get a feeling for how fast things are moving and the tone of it. I mean, you can get some of that just from screenshots or, or concept art, mm-hmm. but to, to see the motion and how fast or slow it is, that, that really helps a lot, too. about that because you were on a panel uh, that I had a chance to moderate in Boston and I remember we talked about this at PAX East in 2014 about the pace of a game and how if you're writing music that doesn't match that pace it's not really going to fit very well. Can you be more specific about that? Right, exactly. The music has to serve whatever's going on on the screen and that I mean that applies to a game or a movie or or a TV show. That has happened to me before where I've written a cue just based on a verbal description or maybe some reference music and they come back to me and say that it's not working and you know I'll make some adjustments or ever but, but once I see the picture then I often think oh and now I see why they said it's not working because it's the pace is different than what I wrote, you know. From Disney's Planes Fire and Rescue you that's a, a console game. You have also recently scored a mobile game called Open War League. Totally different music. Can you explain why? 
because it is a, a, a battle game. And uh, they wanted music that was fairly dark, and uh, they didn't want a traditional war movie score, you know, Saving Private Ryan, in that they wanted some kind of uh, synthetic elements as well to give it more of a modern feel. Okay. So it's a blend of orchestral elements and synth elements as well, electronic elements. And so, so the idea was to create a darker sound with tension, and uh, you know, and I think we accomplished that. challenges in writing serious music or any challenges in writing funny music? How do they compare? Well, they are different. In a way, I think it's harder to write non-serious music. And I think actors would tell you the same thing, that in, in some ways comedy is a lot harder than because there's so much other timing and you can't be too funny, but you can't... You can pretend to be serious, but you can't pretend to be funny. <laughs> you, you either are or you aren't. Uh, I think the key in writing music for something that's lighter or funnier is to be careful not to make the music too funny because then it just becomes a parody of itself. It needs to have, I keep going back to this word lightness, it has to have a lightness of character, but it can't just be in your face silly either most of the time, or it's just going to sound like a parody of itself and like you're kind of poking fun at the listener, really. Yeah, and I would imagine that in that case, maybe it would take away from the action on the screen, too. Right, right. Often you can use the, if there's a main character in the game that has his own persona or whatever, you can use that as a reference point. What kind of music would this character be hearing as his own soundtrack? Probably wouldn't be overtly silly, but it might have some, you know, elements in it that will come off as funny. And you have mentioned the word lightness a lot. Can you, if you had to explain that to someone who is not a musician, how would you explain what lightness sounds like? It has to do with choices, I think, of orchestration and space, how much room there is for things to take place. I've also heard people, my music described as having a jazzy sound to it. Let's laugh a little Grin a little, won't you come on in, won't you stay for a little while? So good to see you smile. Even when it's not jazz music per se, and I do have a, a long background in playing and writing jazz music. So I think of that in the same way as Henry Mancini's scores. You know, he, he obviously he had a great jazz background, but he wrote serious, straightforward orchestral scores, but they had this feeling about them. It's melodic, the way the music is kind of moves along that is informed by that jazz sensibility that he has. Let's talk a little about your background, uh, because we haven't talked about that yet today, and you do have a really deep jazz background. So how does that, well, let's start with how you got into video game music. 
Well, I had moved after my studies in college. I had moved out here to uh, the L.A. area, and I was writing songs with one individual in particular who was doing a lot of television stuff. And he got a call one day from a producer he had worked with on a show before, whose name was Bob Ezrin. And Bob was starting a company to do these these computer games, and uh, wanted my friend to write some songs to be in this game called. Uh, uh, the Great Word Adventure, or I think it, the working title was Little Howie's Funhouse, because Howie Mandel was the voice of the main character. So it was a it was a funny little game for kids, quasi educational, but mostly just funny. And uh, this was the, uh, the very early days of computer games, where companies were throwing money at games. They didn't know how they were going to make money, but they were just trying stuff. So we, my partner and I wrote four songs to go in this game. And then they said to him, uh, well, we need you to do the rest of the underscore. But at this, at this time, the underscore was just MIDI files. It wasn't recorded music. Oh. It was MIDI files that played back on whatever sound card was in your computer. Mm-hmm. My friend said, well, I don't, I don't do that stuff. I'm... I'm not interested. My, my friend Billy, he does that. He'll do it for you. And they said, okay. So I had my first video game score, and I did a couple of more titles for them, and that led to then getting the opportunity to score Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame game. Suddenly I had credits and kept getting work, and that's how it happened. And did that make you have to slow down your performing and other kinds of... Uh I guess, activities as a professional musician? It did, which was a good thing, really. It, it took me way too long in my career to realize that I didn't really enjoy performing that much. The part I enjoyed was being in the studio, turning the knobs to get everything to sound right when we were recording it. That's, that's what I liked. I, I didn't really care about... I mean, it's fun to be in front of an audience, but it wasn't my main goal. specifically about console writing versus mobile. And you mentioned something a couple of minutes ago, back in the early days of computer games, when all the underscore was MIDI and, you know, there wasn't a lot of space for live instruments and things. But we're almost kind of back in that place now with mobile games a little, right? To some extent, yeah. Um, But for the most part, it's just, it's regular music like anything else. It's just recorded the same as you would record it for a console. I did a game earlier, well, the the Planes game was supposed to have, there was actually supposed to be a a DS version too, the old version of of that handheld. And that did not support regular streaming music. We were going to have to create these little sound files and everything. Uh, but then they ended up not releasing that version anyway, so it, it became a moot point. So with mobile games, 
technically there's quite a bit less space, right, for the music? Or, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, because this is not something I'm an expert on by any stretch. (laughs) Well, that's true. I mean, and it depends on what the format is, whether it's played on a computer or if it's on a... uh, if it's on an iPhone or something like that. But certainly uh, the, the amount of music will be restricted if it's on a mobile device like a phone or a pad. And probably the music will be compressed in some kind of you know, MP3 type format. So those are the, the restrictions. Is just you'll be limited as to the total amount of music you can fit in. The minutes, the minutes. So if, if it's going to be on a, on a, a tablet or a phone, that's going to be the, the real limiting factor. If it's going to play uh, uh, online on a computer, you have far less limitation. Writing uh, mobile projects, are, do you have generally less time? Do you do you still get to see a lot of art? I mean, do you still get to see what things are going to look like? How does that work? In my experience so far, that that's been all over the map. For Open War League, I had lots of time. I mean, really, to write just a few minutes of music, I I had a month or so to do it. Seems like forever to me. And and I had um, gameplay footage to watch along with descriptions and reference tracks and you know everything you could want. That one was really easy. And then I have other ones where I have to turn around a few cues in a few days. I'm usually just working from a, a written description or maybe a reference track that we'd like it to sound something like this example, except change this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I do that. What have you enjoyed about both of these recent projects? What have you enjoyed about Open War League? What did you enjoy about Planes, Fire, and Rescue? Open War League was a refreshing change of pace for me to do something that really had a dark kind of uh, feel to it, which I hadn't done in a long time. Uh, So I enjoyed that. The Planes game, uh, which, by the way, is it's not funny music, you know, compared to some things. Uh, but I really enjoy that sort of traditional orchestral score thing, too. That, that was That's fun to do. Well, thank you so very much. It was really, really nice to speak with you again. Yeah, Emily, nice to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Top Score from Infinite Guest. You can learn more about composer Billy Martin. You can also see a full playlist online from this episode at infiniteguest.org. There are plenty of great podcasts to whet your appetite there at infiniteguest.org. Hop over there to check out shows about cooking, the law. There's a show about Hollywood, film scores. It's all at infiniteguest.org. Top Score's production assistants are Pierce Huxtable and Nina Potok. Mark Hintz mixes each show. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. 
You can follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. Always love to see you there. That's Top Score. I'm Emily Reese. Thank you.